Welcome to Life After Childbirth. My name is Weslina Maxey and I'm an occupational therapist on an extraordinary path to change women's health and the care we receive postpartum. Join me as we grow together on this journey. Let's talk Life After Childbirth. I know I've talked about this before, but during my pregnancies, I was really sick. I threw up on a daily basis, you name it, I threw it up. And if you're one that has thrown up in your life, then you know other bodily functions sometimes happen. Whether that's urinating or shitting or whatever it may be, it does sometimes happen. But did you know that it's all about how you how much pressure you're putting down on your pelvic floor when you do throw up when you're sneezing or coughing or throwing up there's a lot of pressure that formulates inside your core and it depends on how much you're putting down on your pelvic floor and how you're managing your pressure and if you're able to take that pressure off and put it somewhere else instead of pushing down on your pelvic floor when you do those things like throw up laugh cough sneeze So I haven't thrown up. I try not to throw up at all ever because I am so traumatized from throwing up that I hate it so much. So no matter if I know if I threw up, because like when you get indigestion, sometimes, you know, you just know if you threw up that you'd feel better because of just how much it builds up sometimes. Even then, I do whatever I can to not throw up. Here in the last um, two weeks, I had to throw up. And I did not pee on myself. And I I did that a lot when I was pregnant. And I mean, there's more pressure that's going down there because you are pregnant. Um, but even at the beginning of my pregnancy, when I wasn't big and there wasn't a lot of pressure, um, but I wasn't managing my pressure correctly because I didn't know about how to take care of my pelvic floor, how to take care of my core muscles and my back muscles and all of that. So I was putting a lot of pressure down there when I threw up. And I remember thinking that, oh my gosh, I hate this, that I had to, you know, either sit on the toilet and throw up in the trash can or, you know, just pee in the underwear that I had on. It happens every time I threw up. It was so annoying. And the other day when I did, when I didn't pee, I was like, oh my gosh, I could have been doing this the whole time I was pregnant and not have to worry about it if I knew how to take care of my body. If I knew how to engage my transverse abdominals and engage my pelvic floor and, you know, actually use those muscles effectively throughout my pregnancy, I could have not urinated on myself every time I threw up. And it's crazy that we aren't educated about that and that people just think, oh, that's normal. That's just what happens. Even now, like even if you aren't pregnant and you go and you throw up, a lot of people say, you know, I peed myself too while I was throwing up. And that doesn't have to happen. There's certain things and how you can figure out how to engage your lower abdominals and your pelvic floor and how to take care of those so they respond like they should when you do those movements such as throwing up or coughing or sneezing or stepping off a curb or jumping, all of those, your pelvic floor should be able to respond in the right way when you do those, when you don't have to think about it as much because it should just respond. 
It's like when you're doing anything, you're learning a new recipe and you have to look back at the recipe and the ingredients and the list over and over again while you're making whatever you're making. But say you've done it multiple times within the last month, by the end of the month, you're not going to have to really look at that recipe. You're going to know what to grab. You're going to know what to set out. You're going to know the measurements and all of that. So same thing if you are practicing and being aware of your pelvic floor and engaging it correctly and your lower abdominals correctly and lengthening and learning how to relax your pelvic floor in moments of practice, then when you do step off of a curb, when you do throw up, all of those, it's going to respond right. It's going to respond like you need it to in that moment because you've practiced, you're engaging with it, you're understanding it, you're being aware of it. But when we don't know all those things, it doesn't know what to do because we haven't practiced on it. We haven't trained it. um, All of those things. When you think about using your pelvic floor and being aware of it, engaging it, we usually think of Kegels, right? We think of the contraction part of your pelvic floor. That's the only thing everybody talks about. Because back in whatever year it was, this man decided that Kegels were the way to go. It can do more harm than good. And I've talked about this before in another episode where if you are contracting all the time, then it's in this constant state of tightness. You don't have that full range of motion. So just like if you left your knee in flexion all day, you bent it all day long. It's not going to be strong. It's going to be weak because it's stuck in that contraction part. Same thing with Kegels. If you're kegling multiple times throughout the day and that's all you worry about with your pelvic floor and that's the only thing that you work on, it's going to con- it's going to create this constant tightness. And you're not going to be able to get that full range of motion, which means when you are doing a kegel, you're probably not getting that full range of motion, full contraction that you think you are. It's doing this very small movement and that's the only range of motion it has. And when we strengthen a muscle, like any muscle, say the bicep muscle, we go through that full range of motion. We do bicep curls. That brings it all the way into a contraction and all the way back down to our straight arm, which is kind of the relaxation phase. Same thing, but it's also not a relaxation phase because you're holding, you're lengthening it. But most of the time when you're doing a bicep curl, you're having a weight in it, right? When you lengthen your pelvic floor, it takes awareness. It takes concentration. It takes focus. When you have in a relaxed state, like kind of like that middle ground, not fully contraction, not fully relaxation, fully lengthening, but that relaxed kind of middle stage. That's where you want your pelvic floor at regular moments. But When you're working on it and when you're trying to strengthen it, you want it to use that full range of motion. You want to practice that full range of motion. And believe it or not, it's not the contraction part that people have problems with. Majority of people have problems with lengthening their pelvic floor because we don't talk about that part. And that's also mostly what people need when they're pregnant because they're going to need to lengthen those muscles to let their baby out because they need to lengthen and open. But again, we don't talk about that part. We even talk about Kegels during pregnancy, and that's usually not what you need to do during pregnancy. 
because you're tightening that pelvic floor and your baby will have a harder time coming out because all those muscles down there are tight and they're stuck where they are. Practicing on lengthening them and figuring out what position helps you lengthen your pelvic floor better can make you have a help you have a better birth, a better labor. And if you practice on that beforehand and not just in labor, you're able to coordinate those muscles when you're in pain. Because when we're in labor, we're not trying to practice a new move. We shouldn't, we, we don't have the focus to do that. That's why practicing it beforehand and figuring out what works for you is best. Because you need to practice on that to be able to do that during labor. So if you are pregnant, or if you have someone that you know is pregnant, it's really good to go see a pelvic floor therapist because you need to learn how to coordinate the muscles. You need to learn how to relax them to let the baby out. Whether you're planning on getting an epidural or not, whether you're having a C-section or not, if you have, if you are planning a C-section, your pelvic floor is still involved because your abdominals are still involved. And those connect, again, really close together and learning to use those muscles and the, that tissue, again, that was cut into during that C-section is going to take time. It takes time. And engaging those lower abdominals connects right to your pelvic floor. So if it takes time for your abdominals to come back together and learning how to engage them and all of that, it's going to take time for your pelvic floor too. We don't just work for, with the pelvic floor. It's the whole body, all the way up to your hair on the top of your head, all the way down to your toes. We work the whole body because it's all connected and it all relates back to each other. To think back when I was pregnant, sometimes I wish I could be pregnant again just so I could do it right because I know so much more now. I have educated myself about my body and my pelvic floor and how it is so important to know how to engage your pelvic floor and engage your lower abdominals and protect your back and protect your abdominals and protect your pelvic floor throughout pregnancy. And it can help your postpartum journey so much. And it makes me so angry at society and at doctors and all of that because we should get pelvic floor therapy during pregnancy because it's a major thing that our body goes through. We have this baby grow inside of us and our whole body changes and we do not get education or rehab or anything over it. It just, it still baffles me, but trying to get this education out there so women know that there are things that you can do. There's more resources. There's more education that you can have so you can feel empowered in your body and feel better in your body. And you don't have to urinate every time you throw up. You don't have to urinate every time you sneeze. You don't have to pee yourself. You know, it's something we all kind of joke about, but something we, that doesn't have to happen. If we are given these resources to know what we don't know. The hardest thing is to get women to realize what they don't know. Because we don't know what we don't know. 
But once you start talking about it and asking questions and educating yourself or hearing other people talk about it or everybody start talking about it, you're like, man, I didn't know that. I should know that, but I didn't know that. You don't know what you don't know. And that sucks, but just going out and seeing all, figuring out all the resources that you can have when you're pregnant is astronomical to your recovery, to your your journey of pregnancy and postpartum. And this goes for people that aren't pregnant or postpartum. You're still figuring out how to manage your pressure within so you're not putting too much pressure on your pelvic floor. So no matter if you have a growing baby or not, or you had a growing baby come out of your pelvic floor, it doesn't matter. Yes, there's more to do with that. However, every person, man or woman, or non-binary, anyone, can put too much pressure on their pelvic floor and their abdomen and... Having back pain can be associated with not engaging your lower abdominals correctly and et cetera, et cetera. I've talked about this before in other episodes and I'll probably keep talking about it because people don't realize that if you have low back pain, then you could have some pelvic floor stuff going on and vice versa. Like I said, it's all connected. You just don't know what you don't know. So ask people, talk about the things that are going on. Talk about how you peed while you were throwing up or peed while you sneezed and make it where it's not like a laughing normal thing. It's a laughing, like this should not be happening thing. Like there are things out there that can help and reaching out to a public floor therapist or a friend, maybe they know something that you don't know or vice versa. If y'all just start talking about it, Start talking about the pelvic floor. Start talking about your urethra and your vaginal canal and your rectum and what happens when you're pregnant and what happens when you have hemorrhoids and what happens when you have sex. Do you have pain with sex? Um, Another, you don't have to have pain with sex. You shouldn't. You should be able to enjoy it. So learning how to lengthen those muscles and relax to let penetration happen or let an orgasm happen or all those things, those are all connected. Women don't know what they don't know. So start looking things up. Reach out to me. Ask me questions. Um, See a pelvic floor therapist if you have one around you. If you don't, reach out to me and I can find you one near you or try to help you find one near you. Also do consultation sessions on telehealth. Being aware of what your body needs and what it does when you do what you do. Well, that's a lot of do's, but it has a lot to do with whether you pee when you throw up or not. And it makes me so angry that not this education isn't out there for majority of women. We just don't know. I had no idea that there were things that I can do that I didn't have to pee every time I threw up. Do you know how many times I did that? Like, I was sick throughout my whole pregnancies. Both. So, 18 months plus of throwing up and peeing on myself and feeling like crap and feeling gross and like I was neglecting myself and just not good about myself during those times. And there are things that can help that, that we should be told about, that we should 
know, hey, you know, if this is happening, then you're putting too much pressure on your pelvic floor. Maybe it means you need to move your pelvis into a posterior tilt instead of an anterior tilt or vice versa. Or you need to engage your lower abdominals so it engages your pelvic floor or vice versa. Engaging your pelvic floor turns on your transverse abdominals. And protecting that, it doesn't let pee out as much, theoretically. There are a lot to do. There are a lot of things that come into play when you are engaging your lower abdominals or engaging your pelvic floor when you sneeze or cough or throw up. But getting with someone that knows what they're looking for and knows how to help you would be very beneficial during those times if that is happening to you. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again, but I just want people to know that these things don't have to happen and there are things that can help and things that can get you through your journey and help you either enjoy sex more, you know, not have to pee on yourself when you throw up, not have to have pain in your back or your pelvic floor if you have spasms or pain or really painful menstruation. Like that can have a lot to do with how you treat your pelvic floor, how you, how your posture is, how your relaxation is, all of that is connected. Or, you know, if you sit down a lot during your day, like if that's your job and you're sitting at a desk, that can put a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor, especially depending on your posture or whatnot. And it could affect your bladder habits. It could affect your bowel habits, your peeing and your pooping habits. All of that can have an effect on your pelvic floor and how it feels when you have sex, how it feels when you go to the bathroom and all of, all of it. So as an occupational therapist, I look at what you do during your day. I look what a day in your life looks at, looks like, and I go by that on how I evaluate how it's affecting your pelvic floor, your posture, your back, your abdominals, your head, your shoulders, your feet. How is what you do during the day affecting all of this and how does it relate back to your pelvic floor? So your habits throughout your day is just moving one thing, just changing one thing could have a huge effect on what is happening with your pelvic floor. And it's crazy to think that that simple, it could take one, two sessions, one or two, and you get improvement in the quality of your life. And it's that simple sometimes. Sometimes it's more complicated than that. But to know, to think that we don't have this education out there and these resources out there in the open and we're not talking about it just saddens me that some people are out there and they're having pain or they're having discomfort or they're upset at themselves because they feel like their body is failing them when it's not. It's society that's failing us. It's society that's failing you. So here I am getting this education out there. Share this. Tell your friends. Start talking about your pelvic floor. Start talking about your back pain and how it correlates to your pelvic floor. Or could, could not. Just depends. But we need to start talking about these areas more. That way, when someone says, oh, there's a pelvic floor therapist in my town, they're not, they're not asking, what is a pelvic floor? Believe it or not, I've been asked that. And that's okay if we don't know those questions or those answers to those questions. Because like I said, it's not talked about enough. 
But here I am saying go talk about it at your next lunch date. My goal is to reach as many women as I can to talk about life after childbirth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share on social media and let me know what you liked about it. If you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you feel persuaded to do so, leave a review so we can reach others and begin to talk more about life after childbirth.